The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Wonderful introduction, and today is August 6th, and welcome to the Serious Side of the J. Ryle Show. Here are the topics that will be discussed during this week's edition of the show. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. Um, you are saying that Biden committed crimes against humanity, against black Americans, and you said his record on race issues, and you called out the Democratic Party's history. Let me ask you this. Why overwhelmingly do minorities and African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, why are they still continuing to vote in large numbers in the Democratic Party? Well, one is I think more and more fellow citizens are reaching the conclusion that the whole system is so rotten, brother. You got both parties that are so corrupt with politicians who are tied to big money. This is true for Republicans. It's true for Democrats. I'm still here. I'm here to tell the story. I was the one that got to live. For Rasan Hill, playing ball is both a passion and an escape. How does it go from guys arguing to someone pulling a gun? It's just the way the world is nowadays. It's like people feel like they gotta have a gun. Online radio at its best. Welcome to the morning prayer before you start your day. This is a prayer I've put together where I'd like to pray for anyone within the sound of my voice. All I ask you to do is to agree with me as I pray, and together we will seek our Heavenly Father. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we gather together and come into agreement in the wonderful and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Where two or more are gathered, there you'll be in the midst of us. And anything we agree upon is touching, you will surely do. Father, in Jesus' name. There's no distance in the spirit, and we thank you for the person I'm praying for who desires a morning prayer before they start their day. Father, seeking you first at the beginning of the day determines the outcome of the day. It is something they long to do in their life right now, each and every day. Holy Spirit, give them the courage and boldness to start their day with God first. Lord, please help them to enter into your presence and bask in fellowship with you. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is refreshment. In your presence is wisdom, knowledge, and understanding about all that the day is yet to bring. Together, in agreement, we ask you to honor this commitment to morning prayer 
by bringing special revelation and insight as they seek you first thing. As a result of starting their day with you, we thank you for bringing fresh knowledge and power to the situations they encounter throughout their day. Praise you for bringing divine protection, supernatural favor, and miraculous breakthroughs to situations throughout their day in Jesus' name. We decree and declare that this moment of prayer marks a time in their life that is very different than days gone by because they are committing more strongly to daily morning prayer. We decree and declare that they will begin their mornings by seeking you and your word first before all else. Thank you that morning prayers will teach them many things. Most importantly, it will keep Jesus in the center of their day just as he ought to be. Praise you for your spirit leads them down the path they are to follow today. Thank you for rich rewards of starting this morning with you. They are not left to find their own way. No, they are led by the Holy Spirit moment by moment and he reveals the will of God all day long. This morning prayer before they start their day will supernaturally help the person I'm praying for to grow in wisdom and insight for any and all things that come across their path. Most importantly, their relationship with you is blossoming and overflowing with abundant blessings because you are a good, good Father. Hallelujah. Seven eight five zero one two seven two is our calling number. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side on a beautiful Sunday. Glad you guys are here I'm on board. I'm Jay Rob. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your day with us. And as always, you know I never share this platform by myself. My big sis is in the house, Miss Vanessa Maybelli from the Macinelli. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side is here as well. Mr. L to the E to the S. Let's say good morning to them both. What's going on, big sis? Welcome in. How are you? Good morning. We're all in our places. We are, we are. That's a reference to Rocker Room for all you old heads out there. But thank you so much, Vanessa, for being in the house. And it's always a pleasure, an extreme pleasure to share the stage with the queen herself. So thank you. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, and uh, good morning, that's some fun. Good morning, real day. Uh, good morning, Mama B. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Uh, good morning, Mary the Music. And good morning, my brother Hawk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. Look at that guy. Nice and smooth. The number is 347-850-1372. And, of course, if you are a regular here, you know what time it is. Rap and clap, talk about things that are not going to be on this week's agenda. Uh, big news, Miss Elias. Earlier this morning, while you were probably getting your beauty sleep, the United States women's national soccer team lost this Did morning. They? Oh. Yes, big news. So wow. no three-peat, no three-peat for the women's team. They lost by an inch. If you go back and look at it, there was a penalty kick, and it looked as if the goalie had blocked the kick. But after further review, the ball broke the line. The and so since the ball broke the line, 
That means it was a goal, and they lost. What say you mm. hear about this team? Dominant team won the last two World Cups. Now they are on their way back to America. What say you, sir? I'm thoroughly shocked, man, because they this is uh was it Megan Rapino? This is this she's retiring this year. So this is it. I am yeah, this is it. I'm thoroughly shocked. I thought they'd have brought it on, but hey man, I guess it wasn't their year, man. But kudos to the ladies. They did it for two years straight, you know. Maybe we will spoil Not two years but, straight. Not well, two years straight. Two two, you know, yeah. Okay. Two years in a row. Yes, sir. Two, yeah, yeah. So I you know, I man, I, I compliment the ladies. Did a fine job and hey, you know, some the better team won, so God bless you guys and hey, don't give up the faith. Look at that guy. So Vanessa, do you even know what the hell we're talking about? Would you like to comment on it? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> okay. okay, so hey, maybe this is in your neck of the woods. So Taylor Swift, her and the Queen, they are out. They have summer concerts going on right about now, and Taylor Swift concerts are generating so much money for local uh, 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 for local uh, economies that there are countries who's requesting her to bring her tour to <laughs> their particular town. So let's wow. tell you about Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know what? Let me yes. bow down to that sister. Are you talking to me? No. Or I'm sorry. I'm talking to you. I need to bow down to Miss Swift, Sister Swift, because she passed out over fifty million dollars in bonuses to everybody, including the food concession people. She gave the truckers hauling her stuff one hundred thousand dollars each. So she is like got everybody's attention. And I hope Lady B, who's out there selling tickets from anywhere from a hundred to four thousand dollars a ticket, is paying That's attention. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That her tickets are going like a thousand to the. I mean, let's let's stop for it. No, the ones by the stage jail are like four thousand. Who the hell would pay that type of money to see Beyonce? People who for children or who parents are rich here in Houston, oh and Texas, God. or wherever. That's crazy. That's, that, that's crazy. That, that's nuts. That's yeah. That is that is nuts. Mm-hmm. I, I just that's nuts. That's true. Okay. Like, so, so, so when I get back, look, Jay and Les, when I get back from church, there's a, a, one of my best friends passed away. Wait a minute, listen. One of my best friends passed away. Her daughter is oh. married to a guy who does the stage for all of these famous music people that are traveling all over the world. So she took on her girls. To Greece, and then they shot by Canada because he had them on a private plane. They shot by Canada, and they went and saw Beyonce. I am going to take a picture of her post, and I know this girl. I mean, her mama was my best friend, and so she was so close to Beyonce's stage, it was like crazy. I guarantee you that girl husband paid a thousand. Her purse is three thousand dollars. So I promise you. Her ticket was at least $2,000. I promise you. And I'm going to take pictures of her at the stage in front of it, and you're going to see how close she was. Unbelievable she was is, paying this kind of money. 
But my question is, if her husband works on setting up the stages, why did she not get in for free? He didn't set up that stage, but he oh. sets up famous rapper stages. And she gets to be and take two friends with her behind the stage or in front of the stage. But with this one, I guess he wasn't working it, but he bought her tickets right there in front of the stage. He said uh, um, the people he had set it up for is crazy. But, yeah, I mean, unbelievable that people are paying that kind of money. Now, my daughter and her friends are going, but she said, Mama, my ticket costs $150. And I'm so high up in the sky until I'm going to have to look at the, the, the screen to see it. <laughs> so, so here's That's my question to you. Saying. Now, do you think he sets up stages for artists like, uh, I don't know, let me just pull one out of the air, Layla Hathaway? No. They're Damn. rappers. Okay. Okay, They're rappers. rappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah he set it up for rappers, but... I, you know what, because I'm sitting up here making breakfast and I'm getting ready for church and I'm talking to y'all and I just love y'all, but I just can't think of all these famous people that this boy has done for. So I, many I famous people rap. that they have it's, a house in Atlanta and one here. But you know yeah, what? I'm not paying that. I don't give a damn what my husband do for a living. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Beyonce, wow. I, want to see, I want to see if Beyonce is going to pass out money like Taylor Swift just passed out. That's what I want to well, see. Well, probably not, but that's okay. I mean, who knows? And I'm what not do you mean, probably to, not? What, I don't know. Well, what, let me say this, because I know a lot of times we get caught up in wondering what celebrities are doing with their money. And in some cases, they are. I don't really. You know, well, but, but you know what? I don't do really like, care. But you know what one of the truckers said? Let me tell you what one of the truckers yes. said. He yes, said, no, I'm not being funny. Les, who got on me about rent, when the people did not pay rent, should appreciate this. The trucker oh, said, shut up, Jay. The trucker said, we work really hard, and we're gone away from our family. But we don't always make enough money for a down payment for a house. And the man sounded like he was almost in tears. He said, this money is going to go towards a down payment for a house for my family. So you know what, Sister Swift, I bow down. Yes. There you go. Okay, well, there you go. But I she did something good for somebody with, else. Oh my goodness, thank you for that. So I have a I'm problem sorry. with. That's your fault. I have a problem with the fact that these people can't make. Think about this. Let's put it in perspective. These people can't make the type of money that they make if they didn't know how to read or write, right? So my question is, why are we still paying teachers the salaries that they receive? Because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if there are no teachers, if you can't read or write, then, you know, your chances of being successful are slim to none. Now, I know people may point to Floyd Mayweather, but, I, you know, I still don't. I think you can read. I just think people are, and I don't know this, but... The bigger point here is that we praise celebrities and the people who give us the foundation to go out and make the money, to be rich, to, to make uh, the business decisions. They don't get paid. You know, we have teachers who are taking on separate jobs just to make ends meet. We have teachers who are buying school supplies out of their own pockets because, they don't make enough, because the school districts are not providing them the resources that they need. Now, am I looking at this sideways, guys, or is it just me, you know, on my soapbox, 
so earlier in the show. No, you're not looking at it sideways because guess what? They are fixed to hire teachers that are not certified in, in Texas. So, no, you ain't looking at it sideways. It's just that the entertainers can only reach the people that is within their realm, and that is people who carry their supplies, the people who do their wardrobe, the people who work in protection stands. At least they've given them a bonus. Some people was making $10 an hour, passing not coats and popcorn, just probably got a $10,000 bonus. Some of them kids ain't never seen $10,000 in their life. So I'm just saying, they, some of them do what they can. Beyonce do do stuff behind the scenes for the homeless and for people that doesn't have as much money. But what Taylor Swift done, and you know that kind of stuff don't faze me what movie stars do with money. I can care less it's theirs. But what she did was awesome. And I hope people take note to it and pay attention. Well, and if okay. they want to give their money to teachers, give it to teachers. But I think that they should share some of that money other than walking around with damn $25,000 purses. But see, we're not going to go there because, you know, we've had this conversation it. before on the show. Well, we had, we've had this conversation on the show before. Bottom line is a $25,000 purse to one of those people is like a $100 purse to, you know, regular citizens. I mean, when you make that type yeah. of money, those numbers are going to be, you know, they're going to look ridiculous. But at the end of the day, I remember telling the story on the show how I had a doctor when I owned a mortgage company back in the late 90s, how he walked in and he was just in a panic trying to refinance his house. He had gotten in trouble with, uh, with the, I guess, with the Department of Justice. Uh, a whistleblower talked about, a whistleblower, blower, um, they, uh, they reported him for uh, welfare fraud. And... Uh, so and so at the end of the day, um, he was panicking. So he was like, oh, my God, I, you know, I can't pay my bills. And I was going through the process and asking him, you know, financial questions and things of that nature. And I asked that guy, I said, well, how much money do you make a month? That guy said $30,000. And I was looking at him like, what? But at the end of the day, you know, that's nothing to a guy who was probably making, I don't know, sixty or $70,000 a month. So we just can't judge it based on dollar price. I don't care what they make. I just want you to pay your no, fair share in taxes. Pay your fair share in taxes. Here we go, okay, my ass. Pay your fair share in taxes. Okay, get off your face off the show. Pay your fair share in taxes. Oh, God. All right, we're going to break. Get off your All right, hell. I'm not going to argue with you, sir. Okay, all right. And on that note, it's time for an NPR News update. Uh, and uh, we'll be back to talk about you-know-who, and I think you know what question will be asked first. You're listening to the serious side, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Winter Johnston. Former President Donald Trump used remarks in South Carolina last night to once again lash out at the Justice Department. Speaking at a Republican fundraising event, Trump took aim at special counsel Jack Smith and said he's facing federal indictments because he's beating President Biden in the polls. And if I wasn't, if I wasn't, we wouldn't be under investigation by 
deranged Jack Smith. He's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face, you say, that guy is a sick man. There's something wrong with him. Trump's speech came two days after he pleaded not guilty before criminal charges in Washington, D.C. for his alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election and for his role in the January 6th insurrection. The main street in front of the Fulton County Courthouse in Atlanta will be blocked to traffic starting tomorrow. Sam Greenglass of member station WABE reports the stepped-up security measures come as prosecutors prepare to hand down indictments for election interference in 2020. Normally, Pryor Street is a bustling downtown thoroughfare. On one side is the county government complex. On the other is the courthouse, which has big stone columns and is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Now, orange security barriers will block traffic for two weeks, and two lanes are reserved for media parking. These are the first visible signs of the high-profile case that may land here soon. Most staff have been instructed to work remotely. Judges were asked not to hold in-person hearings. District Attorney Fonnie Willis says her office is ready. For NPR News, I'm Sam Greenglass in Atlanta. The Texas Attorney General's Office is appealing a state court ruling designed to clarify exceptions in the state's abortion bans for pregnancies that endanger a patient's health or life. NPR Sarah McCammon reports the appeal means the state's abortion bans are back in effect. In a ruling on Friday, a state judge in Austin sided with 13 Texas women and two doctors who filed a lawsuit seeking to clarify medical exceptions in the state's abortion bans. The women say their health was endangered after they were denied abortions under Texas law during medically complex pregnancies. The judge had temporarily blocked enforcement of the laws against doctors who perform abortions based on a good faith judgment that the abortion was medically necessary, including in cases of fatal fetal abnormalities. The Texas Attorney General's office is appealing that injunction to the Texas Supreme Court. In a statement, the AG's office said, Texas pro-life laws are in full effect. This judge's ruling is not. It's not known when or if the Texas Supreme Court will weigh in. Sarah McCammon, NPR News. This is NPR News in Washington. The NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance of living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best. Good evening. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with conspiring to defraud the United States, conspiring to disenfranchise voters, and conspiring and attempting to obstruct an official proceeding. The indictment was issued by a grand jury of citizens here in the District of Columbia, and it sets forth the crimes charged in detail. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is the serious out on a beautiful Sunday morning, August sixth. It's twenty three minutes after the hour, and uh, that's right for the third time. Donald Trump has been indicted. So if you've been listening to this show, I think you know what time it is, and you know what question that I'm going to ask. 
So, Ms. Elliott, do you think Donald Trump is going to jail? How about I'm tired of answering this question? How about I don't deal with Donald Trump anymore? This dude is dominating the news. But to answer your question, no, he's not going to jail. I don't, I don't care what he does. He's not going to jail. You're not going to find 12 jurors to convict him. Bottom line. And I did look it up. Grand jurors are not selected by lawyers. They're just randomly picked. So, bottom line, if a lawyer got to pick out a grand juror, guess what they're going to do? They're going to pick out Trump supporters. So there you go. Well, but see, I think you just contradicted yourself because, in my opinion, the grand jury process is more thorough because at the end of the day, the lawyers don't have a say. So, okay, but hold on. But the lawyers... Oh my God! Okay, go ahead. Finish. We can't. We can. We can sing together. Hey, but we can't talk together. You go hey, ahead and sing. You don't think a lawyer's gonna pick out a Trump supporter? How did I just contradict myself? That makes no okay, sense. Okay, well, you won't let me finish answering the damn question. Now, what I was saying was, I think you contradicted yourself because at the end of the day, it seems to me that the grand jury process, selection process is more pure and more thorough because you're picking random citizens. When you have attorneys involved, both attorneys are there. They're not going to sit here and just let the Trump attorneys pick who they want. So you have a balancing act between the two. This you're, way, you are, in and, my and, opinion. And, 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 and you pick those people, you got so many people you can turn down. And then after that, you're done. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm just saying to me, this, we're, you know, listen. That's why Baskin Robbins have 33 flavors, Mr. Elias. We have different opinions. All I'm saying <laughs> to you is, is this, is at the end of the freaking day, the grand jury process, in my opinion, is, uh, is untainted because you don't have attorneys involved in that process. Now, we can, we agree, we can agree to disagree. But you've answered uh, the question. When I'm saying that you're not going to find, when the lawyers come in and pick it up, Please, please explain. How am I contradicting myself? Oh, I, I thought I did. When I, when, no, you didn't because you, you said okay. What I'm saying is that these okay. lawyers can pick Trump support. The grand jury just randomly pick people. There they, you go. That, that, you just said it. So Say that again. So how well, just repeat, okay. repeat, okay. repeat what you just Randy, said. You they just randomly, randomly pick, pick somebody. Somebody. There the you grand, go. The grand jury is randomly picked. Now, if I can pick somebody who I'm quote, you think I'm not going to pick Trump supporters and get a hung jury? Come well, on, what? man. But you this, make no sense. Come on, man. What do you mean, come on, man? So then, you're right. So the, pro- so the prosecution is going to sit there and let the Trump people just pick their own folks. You, it's and a, you it's got all, you're going to turn, so, uh, turn down so hey, many jurors, goes, sir. Oh my. That goes the other way, too, clown. Okay. Jesus so Christ. I if I get enough Trump supporters on, now you think they're going to convict them? Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, we agree to disagree. Vanessa, how are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? <laughs> this dude here, man, he, he, he just makes, he makes the hair on my neck rise. So, Vanessa, I'll come to you. I'll ask you the same question. Do you think Donald Trump is going to jail? No. Okay, good. All right, so that does it for this week's edition of Will Trump or Will Not Go to Jail. 
So now, <laughs> these charges are serious charges. At the end of the day, each of these charges carry at least, in some cases, a maximum of 10 years in prison, which for a man that's 78 years old is pretty much a life sentence. The reason why Trump is reaching out on truth uh, uh, social right about now because he is scared. People within his camp know that he is in big, big, big trouble. So I'll answer the question like I always do. Donald Trump will go to jail unless he wins the presidency and then he can pardon himself. Oh, now you're changing your answer. I didn't change to anything. No, I didn't. It's, re- it's, re- it's recorded. It's recorded. So we can, we're going to pull it all up when it's all said and done. Then you, then you, aren't you saying the same thing you always do? Oh, God. Bastard. Didn't, didn't you say the same oh, thing? Call me a bastard. Well, didn't you say, didn't you say, this is, this is your real serious stuff. They're going to get it. Every week it's the same thing. Every it week is the same thing. Every, every it charge is serious. serious. All these charges are serious. It's very serious. It's very serious. You said the same thing. Now, but, these but, charges but are the very deal. serious. But, but, but there's a reason why Trump put out a social media hit asking for a change of venue. He wanted it moved to West Virginia. You know why? Because he won yes, West he Virginia by 30-something points. This is in D.C., Chocolate City, yep. the District of Columbia where we have a street that says Black Lives Matter prominently displayed. He wants to get to This is not in Florida. This is in D.C. And these are serious charges that are levied against him. I promise you that this guy, and my answer has been consistent, I say he's going to jail, and the only way he will not go to jail is if he wins the presidency. That's the only way he's not going. But here Can I say something, Jay? But let me say this. Let me say this, and I'll give it okay. to you real quick. The, the X factor in this whole Trump saga is Georgia, because Georgia, those are state charges. He can't pardon people for state New York charges. is state charges. New York is state charges. Well, yeah, but but those charges. I, trust me, he's not going to jail behind those. There, there's, you know, there's no way because it's a whole different ball game, right? It's not even on that level. Mm. So the charges in Mar-a-Lago, in Florida, and the charges in D.C. are the serious charges because we're talking about national security. And just keep in mind, they just arrested two uh, sailors for passing secrets to the Chinese. This guy mm-hmm. is, was doing the exact same thing. Not passing but secrets, not but exposing jail. secrets. Well, we he's know why he's not in jail. Oh, but he's going. Yes, Vanessa, the floor is all yours. Okay, so I wanted Jerome to come on because I, you just answered my question. I wanted to know what was going to go on with New York. And so you just answered that question. That's why I was like, oh, please, if you hear me, get on the show. But I, y'all, y'all going you must be but moving Trump, around. You're breaking I, up. I'm sorry. I, I was. Trump okay. is one of those kind of people that if he thinks he's going to go to jail, Trump will fake a heart attack. Trump will fake whatever he needs to do not to go to jail. I just don't believe that they're going to send a 78-year-old white man oh, I just don't. There was a president of the United States. Though he needs to be there. Even if yeah. they 
you know what, Jay? You might even mm-hmm. be right that he goes to jail. They might say, we're going to give him six months and a $2 million fine. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because Trump is not going to court for no any long period of time like you think he is. I, I, he is I, I not. don't. Let, let, let me tell you why. Because then, if that's the case, if what you guys are saying is true, then we need to stop this hypocrisy right now. The reason why the federal government and and the, <laughs> that's pretty good and the Department of Justice is making these charges and trying to indict this man because they're saying that our way of life, we are a, a nation of laws and that we cannot have an individual be above the law regardless of what his or her status is. And they're saying this is the reason why we're bringing this to trial. So if that's the plea bargain that they're going to accept, and I do think that a plea bargain is still on the table, if they're going to accept that yeah, as the final resolution, what? You have a message over here. So my partner in crime over here said oh, he know. might get sentenced, but he is not going to jail. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead. Well, thank you, Bobby Jones. So <laughs> once again, I'll say this, that I still think that a plea bargain may still be on the table. But then if the Department of Justice is going to accept such a watered-down uh, verdict, then why are you putting people's lives in, in, in jeopardy? Why are you going through this process if you're not going to go and throw the book at them? If you're going to accept him being in jail for six months and make him pay a $2 million fine, what does that do? I mean, it's ridiculous. If that's what they're doing, then we have some very ridiculous people who are in charge of this because that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, because they understand the risk that's involved with sending this man to jail. They understand the risk of indicting this guy. That's the reason why you see, you know, barriers up and you have law enforcement on heightened, uh, that, that are on heightened uh, uh, status and things of that nature. So why are we putting people's lives in jeopardy if you're going to accept six months and a $2 million fine? That is ridiculous. Okay, so Jay, totally let, me, let me respond to what you just said about it being ridiculous. Please, On a serious it is note. ridiculous. Yeah. On a serious note, yeah. Trump has gotten away with so much stuff I would have never thought in my lifetime that I would okay. have seen get away with all the stuff he has, like calling okay. Putin a wonderful person and uh, making his daughter making deals over across the waters where she don't have to pay taxes on stuff where his son-in-law apartment complex was fined, all of these fines for apartments, and nothing happened to him because they were rat-infested. I mean, his whole family has gotten away with stuff, and all they can do is say, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. Okay, that's all they can talk about. So, you know what? Nothing seems to stick to Trump or his freaking kids. And I just don't, you saying that all of this is stupid, well, hell, him sitting up there telling people, let's go march together down to Congress, down to the House, and we're going to be, and I'm going to be right there with you. They should have arrested his ass right there where he stood when he said that, that his vice president was not doing what he was supposed to do by overturning the vote. Y'all, the Supreme Court's wife, the, the, the Thomas' wife, ain't nothing 
husband said about that helper, and look what she didn't did. So, Jay, you said all of this is stupid. The whole damn process is stupid. Well, first of all, okay, well, you're right. About, look, I'm not, listen, you, you, I'm not trying to play devil's advocate. And I don't disagree with what the two of you are saying in regards to how the system is flawed. Lady Justice stands blindfolded with a scale. And in my opinion, that scale leans towards influential uh, white people and some influential black people, depending on what their status is, uh, i.e. Clarence Thomas. But, But at the end of the day, we're talking in my opinion, two separate things. You have some influence. And here's the thing that people still don't get in their head, that these are not Democrats who are turning on Trump. These are Republicans. These are people yeah, that he hired. Yeah, okay, so, get that. So, 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 so once again, I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, that if he finds a way <laughs> to get out of this without and let me put these two things out there. If he finds a way to get out of this without winning the presidency and without competent plea, because even if he cops a plea deal, there's going to be some punishment. And they may come back and say, listen, here's the, here's the deal. You have to promise never to run for public office again. In my opinion, that's ridiculous. Because the laws that he's broken, and in some cases, people have been put down for it. I mean, if you, talk, if you really look they at the fact that... They didn't even take his path, Jay. They didn't do anything to him, and this man has a private plane. And that's another thing. Why he's sending out messages saying, please help him to get money for his candidacy, he's got a damn private plane. Put your plane up, sweetie, and put a lien against it to get some money to take care of some Well, he don't have to do that well, as long as he well, has. Well, he doesn't. Well, he He's not going to have to do it, Vanessa, because he has people that will put on black freaking clothes right. and wear black Nike and kill themselves for it. money is coming from $5, $5. Well, we already know that. Yeah. So uh, he's getting money from the poor people. It is the poor it's people whose dumbasses don't realize that y'all well, need well, to be okay. talking about some cash at $4 a gallon and buying some eggs at $3 a dozen instead of giving that money to a rich man who's got all these golf courses. I'm going to sit back well, okay. and got nothing else to talk about this, but yeah. Well, okay. He took, took $250,000 of that camp, that, uh, that donation money and revamped that plane. So let's just be honest. This guy, this guy's a cult leader, and, and you're not going to find enough people in America to get him, man. Trust me when I tell you that. Well, but see, but that statement doesn't make sense because he's been indicted four times. He's been indicted three times. He's he's been a, he's going to face mm-hmm. a fourth indictment. A fourth indictment. He's indicted, been indicted. two times. He's, and he was president. Stop, stop, he stop, was stop. You said that you were done. So stop, <laughs> Mister. I'm addressing Mister. Elias. He said that you're not going to find any citizens that's going to do anything. That's I not said, true because he's been indicted. I didn't say any citizens. What did you say, Mister. Elias? I said you're not going to find well, enough. Enough. You're not going to Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> All right, really? fine. Okay, great. Thank you for the Thank clarity. You. Thank you for the clarity. So now, let me finish my thought. He's already been indicted three times. He was found guilty of sexual impropriety with that woman. And now he's going to be indicted probably within the next two weeks. So you can't sit here and say that there are not Americans that are not going to do the right thing. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. 
we will see. You come back and say, wow. Oh, if I'm wrong, I would definitely come back and say, wow. But I don't think I would say, wow. I would just be thoroughly disgusted with this country. And this well, you're process, not going to get thoroughly disgusted. Well, I'm not going to be very, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, not going to get ready because, for it. Because, 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 white because white I, I, well, I tell you what, I'm not going to be disgusted. What I will okay. be disgusted, I will be disgusted if he spends less than two years in jail. Now, I would be upset behind that because okay, his party, well, you know what? he's been indicted on 30 30- let me send what? you one of my Prozac pills, because he ain't doing well, over two years. Because because you, 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 go he ahead, because you said you were going to sit down, and you just, you've been standing up the whole oh, time sorry. ever since you said I'm you. I'm no, 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 no. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're sure, okay? Raise your hand if you're sure, okay, with the deodorant. Do, do they even make sure uh, deodorant? Do they still make that? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen well, sure deodorant on the shelves. I always get Arm and Hammer, but yes, they still make sure deodorant because I get the travel size. Oh, you know what? There you go. Bada boom, bada bing, Vanessa. All right. So, but in all seriousness, once again, if he gets away with this, um, you know, I, I'm going to be at a loss for words. I, I really am because I just don't see how he can dodge all of these charges. He has 33 charges, I think, that's against this guy. And, and I, I just don't see how he wiggles out of any of these things. I just, he may get away with one or two, but I just don't see. Because you say he gets away with stuff. He's gotten away with, you know, with the impeachment. Well, we know why. Well, we know why. Well, we know why, because of Republicans and the, way, and the way our Congress is structured. We know why. We know why. He won the presidency because, once again, people will not – listen, we talk about this all the time on the show. People are not going to do things, do things or vote against their self-interest, right? The Republicans are not going to, you know, pass laws where it's just a simple majority. They're not because that gives them power. So even if you – like, for example, with the Senate, you have all – you know, it's – it's it's Demi- the Democrats control the Senate, but trust me, they really can't get a whole lot done because you have to have what a sixty percent, a sixty minority, or whatever that is. Come on, man. You know Donald Trump won the presidency the last they can, they can get president. They're going to vote to get rid of the filibuster. They can vote to well, get rid of that, but they don't do well, it. They're not. They don't do it. They're not. They're not going to do it. Just like they're not going to vote on term limits. We talked last week about these old lawmakers. They're not going to do it. You what do you want to bet? Man. What? what do you want to bet if the Republican Party had a chance to go around the Democrats and and and, and go and go around the filibuster? They would. They wouldn't even think twice about it. That's well, what the Democrats okay. are weak. That's, but that's part of that's the definition of partisan politics, right? So, in my opinion, once again, we can't trust man. That's like people, and I know it's Sunday. And I know that we talk about preachers. I mean, well, people talk about ministers, and, you know, we have these ministers who are doing some foul things. And I always hear, you know, members of the congregation, oh, he's just a messenger. He's just man. You know, the preacher this, the preacher that, the reverend this, the bishop this. You know, this person is a man. And man's 
image, in my opinion, was made from sin. How I don't know any man that's walking this earth. I'm talking about man as in mankind that's walking this earth that 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 you know that's that that, that doesn't have sin, right? And so for us to sit here and think that the Supreme Court are you know they're above reproach, they're going to do the right thing, they are just as nasty and crooked as as anybody else. But what makes it more dangerous is that there are no rules in place, right, to govern to govern their behavior. Because the founding fathers never thought that a guy like Trump would ever win the presidency. They never thought that you would have people like Clarence Thomas sitting on the Supreme Court. This is ridiculous. And America talks about the land of the, the you know, the, the, the home of the free and the brave. Man, please. Republicans are always talking about, you know, Reagan. Man, Reagan, Reagan's uh, presidency was very scandal too. He had dementia. It's just crazy. It's crazy stuff, man. But hey, you know what? Can I it's, can I make a comment? Jay, absolutely. Okay. No, I guess so, I will. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna hurt you. I'm gonna hurt you. Go to the next segment. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to hear it. You're going to take us out. You're going to take us and out. No, I can't wait to see in November. I understand we Helen and her husband in my timeshare in San Diego. Y'all know who Helen is, right? The friend that was yes. helping me at the park. Okay. Yes, yes. So we're going to stay a week in my timeshare. Then we're going to leave after five days and go get on a cruise ship with him. I cannot wait to see if we turn that TV on. Who's going to be looking at what channel? I hope everybody got a TV in their room at this condo because I, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to be looking at. Because they don't look at Fox. Like we don't look at Fox. So, I, I, you know what? My suggestion is going to be nobody turn the news on. Well, there you go. Miss <laughs> Vanessa has spoken. All right, folks, we're going to step out. It's convenient time in four minutes or less. Something that you need to know. Stay close. We'll be right back. It's still summer, but doctors are already thinking about this coming RSV season. That virus is the leading cause of hospitalization in babies. But there is good news. The FDA approved a new drug for preventing RSV. And just yesterday, the CDC okayed giving this new therapeutic to babies in their first RSV season. But as NPR's King Wong reports, there are still hurdles to clear before it shows up at a doctor's office. Advisors to the CDC unanimously voted to recommend this promising new drug, but they fretted over the details. The shot of antibodies prevents babies from getting sick from RSV. It lowers the risks of needing medical care for RSV by up to 75%. Dr. Jamie Lair, a family physician in Ithaca, New York, sits on the advisory committee. This is a spectacular advancement. It's going to help families and offices and keep kids out of the hospital. The drug makers AstraZeneca and Sanofi say the shots will be ready in time for this fall, but Lair points out there's lots of bumps to work through. I am looking forward to two years from now when that will be covered by insurances and all the implementation will be in place. One concern is price. The shot is expected to go for around $450 a dose. Sarah Long and Catherine Paling, both pediatricians and committee members, took issue with the cost. We are extraordinarily disappointed 
with the price setting of the manufacturer. We do understand that those companies need to make their process, but I am worried about equity. To make the drug accessible, the CDC is putting it in their Vaccines for Children program, which covers the cost for kids that are uninsured. But the shot is considered a therapeutic, not a vaccine. Technically, the difference is that a vaccine trains a person's immune system to make its own antibodies, while this shot provides antibodies directly, a quick temporary flood that goes away after a few months. Bureaucratically, some states restrict who can give injectable drugs, which means that a healthcare worker that gives vaccines may not be able to give the shot. And there's questions, too, on how to keep track of these shots so that babies get one and only one dose. Claire Hannon, head of the Association of Immunization Managers, says the people who run vaccine programs on state and local levels haven't been looped into the planning. They cannot be expected to deploy critical products without the information and time needed to execute these programs. Given the hurdles, Dr. Tochi Oroku Maliz, head of the American Academy of Family Physicians, is setting some expectations for the fall. I feel that realistically it will be available, whether it's widely available, um, I can't speak to that. The CDC says these hurdles are real, but they are surmountable, and they're looking forward to a time when the drug is in widespread use, saving lots of babies from RSV. Ping Huang, NPR News. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Online radio at its best. Um, you are saying that Biden committed crimes against humanity, against black Americans, and you said his record on race issues, and you called out the Democratic Party's history. Let me ask you this. Why overwhelmingly do minorities and African Americans, Hispanic Americans, why are they still continuing to vote in large numbers in the Democratic Party? Well, one is I think more and more fellow citizens are reaching the conclusion that the whole system is so rotten, brother. You got both parties that are so corrupt with politicians who are tied to big money. This is true for Republicans. It's true for Democrats. You were talking about Brother Trump himself and Biden's connection to Stennis, Biden's connection to Thurman. We know Brother Trump, his own father has been tied to the Klan. Trump's language about black people. I've, I've, well, 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 black hold on kids. a second. I've you never know, heard his father. Racism cut. Professor, I've yeah. never heard that allegation. Yeah. Never once. Of Trump. Now, I know Trump's Joe Biden said he didn't want our schools to be integrated and be racial jungles. <laughs> no, my brother, you got yes, to do the reason. We won't go into all of that now. But I'm not going to say the say son that. has to take responsibility of the father. Oh, no. The, the, we, we have empirical evidence of that in terms of not just how he treated black people in Queens. Welcome back in 347 That was the voice of Dr. Cornell West. Cornell West. Running for he's a candidate for the presidency of the United States. He's uh, he's running under the platform of the banner of the Green Party. We just had a, just a lengthy conversation about Donald Trump and you know what this guy, the possibilities of this guy winning re-election. There are polls out there that are saying that this race that's going on right now 
that this race is pretty much tied because of the fact of the matter is people, and I still don't understand this, are infatuated with this man. And so, now a lot of Democrats are concerned, including President Obama, but a lot of Democrats are concerned that Donald Trump can return to the White House. And now, especially after polls that, after the polls that were taken over the weekend still showed former President Donald Trump and current President Joe Biden are in a statistical tie. A lot of people are concerned about the damage that Cornell West can do by making himself a candidate or entering the presidential race and the percentage of black vote that he could take away from President Biden. People are looking at this. What did you say? Who just got it? What did you say? Did you not hear the hit on the way in? Cornell West Sorry, is uh, running for that's okay. Cornell West is running for president. Uh, I, think he represents, I think he represents the Green Party. But people talked about how Jill Stein is the reason why Donald Trump was was made president, the reason why he was elected before, because she took enough of the votes away that allowed him to win the majority of electoral uh, votes. And um, so, I, listen, let me just start there. I mean, how do you guys feel about this? He has no chance in winning. Um, I, I I don't even understand what his agenda is, to be honest with you. So somebody who, who paid him. It? Somebody paid no, him to take no, Biden. No, 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 nobody. Cor- Cor- Cornell West. Win. Well, but you know, but listen. So look, Tim Scott should know this as well. <laughs> you know, uh, Chris Christie should know they're not going to win. So at the end of the day. You know why? I'm Trump. Exactly what I just said. Well, I think Tim Scott's running for the AP. Why don't we ask our political strategists? What? Why don't we ask our political strategists what he thinks? Yeah, Jerome is here. Well, I tell you what. Well, there it is. The man, uh, the smartest man in the world, is in the house. Uh, Mr. Jerome is free. Good morning, sir. Welcome into the show. Um, and so, hey, Mr. Elias has set the phone. What say you, sir? Hey, good morning. How's everybody good morning, doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. 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 No, you know, um, Cornell West is, listen, first of all, the polling is not even anything to even look at right now. And And the funny thing about this is it's always a horse race. Because I think around this time, Giuliani was probably leading Trump when when they ran. Like, this is nonsense to even, you know, have any kind of concern. And Cornell West, you know, is just stirring up the pot a little bit. But there's no way that he's a realistic candidate. So I don't think he, he took any – he's going to take any votes away from um, from Biden at all because what happened – is that when you find people who get who vote for third parties, a lot of times they were not going to vote, or they were going to vote against you. So it doesn't really factor so much in that you say, oh well, this this particular one split the vote. Vote. 
this happened a long time ago when you started talking about um, somebody like Al Gore, but not Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, they were down maybe, I mean, especially from Obama time. The Democratic Party just flat out dropped the ball in getting people to the polls, going after them. So Hillary and those guys, uh, I'm sorry, Hillary Clinton's campaign, they didn't go at black folks. They didn't market to them. They didn't go in a community. They didn't go in the neighborhoods. And I think that what happens is that when you're running a campaign, a lot of times people just take black people for granted. I am no fan of Cornell West, and there's no way I would waste a vote on him. Sorry to say that out loud. That's my own personal thing, right? But no, Cornell West, yeah, so Cornell West is not anybody who normally votes. I wouldn't think that anybody would go towards, towards, towards Cornell West. But when you talk about polling, polling, you're really talking about people who don't vote inside of those polls. So when they start getting down to, to real polling stuff, you're going to find those numbers are going to be very, very different. And what's going on, they're still doing polling on people that says, what if Trump is convicted? Or what if he you know, he gets indicted one more time and people are on the fence? So you have to remember when they're polling right about now, they're not, they're not polling in urban areas like you think they do. This is like suburban and rural white folks, mainly. So I don't think that's enough to, to look at. They're not telling you where they're getting their data from, and they're using really small sample sizes, 2,500 people or so. So it ain't nothing to, to worry about, but it's adding fuel to the fire when you start talking about raising money. That's what polling is for. It's just to, just to tell your donors that you're viable as a candidate. That ain't nothing to base no realistic expectations off of. So candidates use that that polling stuff to say, hey, look, if I get more money, I can move up in the polls. I need more money to do more commercials, or I need more money. So polling has this, has this thing, but it's not, you know, it, it is not something that's a primary factor. Not at all. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry about going nowhere. Well, 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 you said something that I thought was interesting, and, and it's given me a little hope. Um when you said that people that usually vote for third, you know, third party candidates are folks who were not going to vote anyway, and they're just, you know, voting. And I'm paraphrasing your, your, what you said, basically. Yeah, or they, uh, or they weren't going to vote anyway. They weren't yeah. going to vote, or they're doing this as a protest vote, or whatever the case may be. So that you know, so so that makes me feel makes me feel pretty pretty, pretty good. But but I think we all can agree, Vanessa, that. You know, President Obama, uh, in my opinion, is probably, and, and, and I don't know how people feel about this, but for me, his insight and his, his political wit, you know, to me is, is just uncomparable, you know, uncomparable, I mean, to other folks. I mean, people talk about President Clinton being this just outstanding politician. I think President Obama's political IQ was off the chain. And so when he says that we need to be worried about Trump, when he says these things, he gets my attention. So I love what, what, what Jerome just said, but, I, but I'm also thinking about this former ex-president, which in my lifetime I've never seen a former president have the type of staying power that President Obama has. 
I mean, during the midterms, people wanted him instead of the sitting current president. And the current president still meets with the former president, you know, on a regular basis to discuss strategies and things of that nature. So when he says, hey, look, Donald Trump is a legitimate threat, and y'all need to start circling the wagons now, it gets my attention. What say you? Well, Obama visited Biden, and they said it was a private conversation. But you know what? How is it a private conversation if you're going to sit there and tell us what they said? The private conversation they said contained Obama telling Biden, don't take Trump for granted that he won't win this race. So, you know, I think that Obama is worried uh, about Trump and people still supporting that idiot. Um, But he did have a meeting with him uh, last week. And people can't take – we still see Trump has Trump T-shirt that says Trump 2024, Trump your country again. We still see all of this crap when we're out and about. And, you know, I just look at them. Sometimes I even stop and read the hat, just let them see me reading it, and then I walk off. You know, so people can't take this man for granted now because I believe you get some people in this country that are just so crazy that they'll vote for him, and they'll try to put him back in office because they don't want to see him in prison. But the one thing you haven't done was, Ask Jerome, does he think Trump is going to jail? So oh, I will. I mean, you know, I mean, I will. But, but, uh-huh. but okay. But I, I will. I mean, I mean, of course I will. And I would definitely thank you for reminding me because I'll be honest with you, I had no intentions on doing it. So thank you for reminding me. Um, but let me ask you, Mr. Elias, uh, because once again, I love when Jerome brings some sanity to the conversation and he makes me feel good about. Uh, you know what? He's right about that. People that usually vote third party are folks that weren't going to vote for you in the first place, and maybe it's a protest vote or folks that had no intentions on voting in, in period. But 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 once again, I, I hear this voice of President Obama, and I guess both things could be correct, right? I mean, the fact that President Obama is saying, hey, <laughs> all right, Joe, this guy is a force, regardless of all the indictments that have come down on him, he is in it to win it, and you need to be concerned and you need to start putting strategies in place yep. to stop this from happening. So w- w- what do you say, uh, Mr. Elias, in regards to that? I don't disagree with uh, President Obama, basically, because the bottom line is every time this man gets indicted, these people throw more money at him. More, and, it, and it's not major contributors. It's the small money that he's getting. So that that's what worries me about this cat, because this cat just does not give a damn about anybody but himself. And, and, and it's just like, um, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. I don't care about me. And you know this. You know who I am. I'm just going to speak your truth. And, and he's got the damn truth to anything that he says. This guy's a classic clown. But a lot of people... Love to to back this guy up no matter what, and that that's the only thing that scares me is that no matter what this guy does, they're gonna vote for him. He could he could kill somebody, and they still would rather guy deserve to die. You better and that's what scares me. That, that, that's what scares me about him. 
that is that's the first thing and foremost that scares me about this guy is that they don't care. They don't care what he does. Okay, but but do you let me ask you okay, great. Let me ask you about Cornell West. Do you see this guy running interference and being uh you know, being a deterrent, so to speak, uh, for the bigger goal, which is to keep freaking Donald Trump from ever setting foot in the White House again. Do you see him as a problem, a potential problem, I should say? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I look at all things as problems, man. You know, I, you know, if you if you're coming at me like this, you know, and I read what Kavita man had some insight for the stay in the chat room, but. I, I, I look at it like this. I, I look at all things as, as, as I don't take anything for granted. I don't. If, he, if he's coming after me, I want to know what he's coming after me and why he's coming after me and what, what he's coming after me for. So, yeah, basically, of course. All right. Uh, so, Jerome, uh, you know, I always ask the question what major things happened in the Donald Trump world. And after he was indicted this past week, the question to you, my friend, do you think this man is going to jail? I, he is closer to going to jail for contempt and threatening somebody before he gets. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, that thought was, you were I want to know if he's going to jail for the stuff he indicted for. That's what I want to know. What do you think about that? I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna plea bargain this. I think they're going to draw it out for as long as they can, and they're yep. going to plea bargain it and try to get him but no jail time. But you need to time. say yes or no, Jerome, not no, no, what you know. Yes or no. Just yeah, okay, so, so you think his, his plea bargain, yes, I think he's going to get some jail time. I don't know, but think about this. Even though you get, as soon as they sentence you to jail, it is the person in charge of fractions. If it's federal, they can keep you in there for 12 hours and send you for house arrest no matter what your conviction is. Once you turn somebody over to the, to the federal corrections, the head of that determines how you spend that time. So I have no confidence in white folks like that, honestly. And I don't know if the guy who who appointed – wait a minute. But I don't know if the guy who appointed the first person who runs that – is Donald Trump because I guarantee you if that dude is still there, he is not as soon as they turn him over and check him in, he's gonna get mugshot, fingerprinted, strip search, all of that. And he can say, We held him for as long as we can keep him safe. And they will put him in a very nice country club, way out someplace, and then they're gonna let him go. He'll probably come and go as he please. <laughs> That's crazy. That, that is and he's gonna have a computer in his room, like see, I keep saying. And I Not can see that. I mean, just just the way he broke it out, I can see that actually happening. Go ahead, Jerome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna say not just a computer. He might have a freaking maid in that piece. So I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. the nicest of the nicest place that you can get federally. I guarantee you, he'll be there. Because it, wow. it's, it's the Federal Department of Corrections that takes over after you're convicted. And it's the discretion of the person who runs that federally. So if Donald Trump, if he was, I can't say that that dude's not smart. Because that's why he appointed, 
What'd you say? They wear street clothes when you're in jail for federal crimes. They don't wear uniforms and all of that. They wear street clothes. And but yeah. but when it's federal time, Jerome, it is day for day. It's day for day. Ain't no he been good so he gonna get out six months early. It's day for day when it's federal. Right. But but again, remember the rule. It's turned over to the Department of Corrections and how you serve that time. So they can't, they cannot, okay, I have a better one for you. Remember in the whole Michael Cohen thing, once he was, once he was out on bail, the court released him or whatever, it was Barr who went to the federal corrections person and lobbied for them to pull, it wasn't a judge who did this. They made him check his butt in the jail when Trump got mad at him. It wasn't a judge that did that. Right? It is, when they talk about Epstein, how you house prisoners in the federal system, because there's some really horrible federal prisons. Right? And so you don't want to be in a federal prison system, but there are some nice ones too. It is up to the federal, um, the Bureau of Corrections to do that. There are some, Michael Milken, I think. There was like a Walmart or something across the street from the prisons, and they can leave while they back. Yeah, those dudes, they don't do time like that, seriously. I mean, it depends. But they have to protect them. They'll probably still give them secret service. If yeah. I was Biden, I would have revoked his civil service, his secret service. Biden don't do nothing. Biden is going to try to stay out of all of this mess. He makes me sick with that. Right, because we're talking about white folks and the pathology of Europeans, right? So what? the reason that everybody's kind of complaining right now is that Mayor Garland should have bought this about a year ago. This shouldn't be happening right now. That should have happened less, more than a year ago. But he had to take political considerations. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So the night or uh, the um, – the, um, you know, January 11th committee did their thing because federal wasn't even looking at him. They did not even start an investigation on him until he appointed special counsel. After, after um, what's, my, what's my man's name from the FBI, after Mueller investigation and all that, why wouldn't mm-hmm. federal start an investigation right after he got out, of, got out of office? And they didn't. So I have no confidence in any of this stuff, honestly, because well, I realized you know that. why. We know why, Jerome, because they were concerned about, you know, how it looked. The fact that, you you know, no, that you that, would lock up an American president. I think that's what happened. That is an excuse because what colonizers oh, no, I'm not do. Saying it's not. No, 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 but I'm I understand what I'm saying. Not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what colonizers do is they want the rest of the world to think that they're above anything petty. Right. We don't do I that. I agree. He can't. Right? So they won't do that so the rest of the world doesn't can always revere the United States. We can go poison people water, put radiation in Similac. We can do a lot of things, and we'll sit there and go, oh, yeah, he killed 30 people, but we don't want the world to think, right? They'll convict black people. People still think O.J. killed that woman because the marketing of white folks is saying, we got to not let you forget that we demonizing some people and other people, it wasn't that bad. We need to move on. It's like watching the, the, the Republicans. 
They're like, we need to move on. What about Biden's son? It's like, what? You know, it's like saying, what about Trump's daddy? That dude was a Klansman. He got arrested. There's a date. Cornell West should have just been prepared. But he wants to argue and use really big words and prove that he's smart. Cornell West needs to be plain and very focused, but he's not. That's why he's not even a viable candidate. A most well, green party. Say, now, he did say, now, in the clip we played, the hit before we jumped oh, into the segment, they, they did go back and forth about Donald Trump's, uh, him and Sean Hannity went back and forth about Donald Trump's uh, daddy being a part of Clinton. He did bring that up. Let me tell you something. If Sean Hannity was on this program and he asked me the same thing, I wouldn't say go look it up. Well, he wouldn't right? be on this program, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I, no, he can call in. Call in if you he want really to. Cannot. But what, I'm saying, <laughs> what, what I'm saying to you is that those dudes are stupid and they like to muddy the, war, muddy the waters, right? So if you're going to be remedial, I don't care. Like, if you're going to sit there and act like you don't know just for your convenience, your selective amnesia, somebody needs to be smart enough to check folks. I mean, if you look, watch any clip of um, of El-Haj, Malik El-Shabazz, or Malcolm X, or whatever you want to call him, if you at, yeah. watch a clip of him on anybody's program, he cuts right through it. You can throw something frivolous out and be like, well, I've never heard that Trump's father was a Klansman. You ever heard that he was arrested at a Klan rally? You've never heard that, right? Yeah. Like, you can go through that really simple to actually make news in your conversation to make to point people in that direction. You cannot yeah. say, look it up. People listen to our programs, especially when you have people who have expertise in something. They look for details. They don't look for you to call your audience stupid. It's crazy. Yeah. Right, why do you, so why would I trust him in there and he can't communicate with a, a nut like that? So that's why I have I, time. I agree with you, brother. I agree with you. All right, coming up next, uh, our brother, Johnny D is in the place to be. He's going to be here to talk about youth violence. It's going to be a great conversation. The number is 347 I have to be careful. I said, man, am I giving out my personal phone number because I've done that before? <laughs> You're listening to the serious side. We'll be right back on a beautiful Sunday. Keep it locked. Don't go anywhere.
Nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, co-workers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress, and so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. I'm still here. I'm here to tell the story. I was the one that got to live. For Rasan Hill, playing ball is both a passion and an escape. How does it go from guys arguing to someone pulling a gun? It's just the way the world is nowadays. It's like people feel like they gotta have a gun. To- Welcome back in, 347-850-1272. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio dispatch. Um, that was the story of a young man out of Philadelphia where he was uh, playing basketball with his friends in West Philly. And uh, a group of youth walked up to him, uh, put a scope or put a red laser dot on his jacket. He saw it, he took off, and he ran, and he started shooting. And he scraped his shoulder, but unfortunately, some of his friends did not make it. And so we want to take a few minutes to talk about violence. When it comes to youth violence, we have a conversation about that. And, you know, I am so happy to welcome to the show for this segment my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be. Man, John, welcome back into the serious side, my brother. How are you? Oh, Jay, I tell you what, man. I... <laughs> 
I, I, I'm doing well. I really and truly am, man. Like I say, I'm, I'm always refreshed uh, when I can hear uh, the commentary of the contributors on the serious side of, you know, one thing that, that I guess will never stop is, is, is my brother Jerome is still bringing truth and um, fiery as can be, but also very informed. So good morning to Jerome. Good morning to Miss Vanessa. Morning. Good morning to my brother Les and, and my big brother who has been in my life for some 37 years, man. So uh, good morning wow. to, to Jay Rao and good morning big, to the Serious Side family. Uh, certainly, certainly appreciative of being here. Hey, man, uh, as always, brother, it's always good to hear your voice. I'm pretty sure the listeners are ecstatic. But, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to have a serious conversation about violence. Uh, you know, the thing that gets me is I was watching, uh, watching the show the other day, watching a show, The First 48, and I watched like four episodes in a row. I couldn't go to sleep. And so I was watching this, and what was a disturbing trend for me, John, was every case that was premiered on that show involved young people killing each other. And most of these young people go like us. And as I yeah. was preparing for this segment, and I mentioned that that situation happened in Philadelphia, the crime rate, mass shootings, and shootings in general, Philadelphia led the nation last year. They were up 125% according to their numbers. And I know that in in your current position that you're seeing some numbers and I know you're involved with some of the things, uh, you know, and programs that's trying to, you know, bring troubled youth in and try to take them off the streets. Man, talk to us about your passion about this. I think we all are passionate about it. There's no doubt about it, but for, for 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 me, you are out there really making a difference. Let's talk about that, man. Let's talk about what you're doing, and and uh, let's just talk about this this this. And I call it an epidemic because I really and truly believe it is. I believe that any time you can look at a show, and all of it's about young black folks killing each other, I think we need to have a conversation. So what's say you? You know what, Jay? I certainly welcome the conversation, but but I will I will start off by saying this right here. Um, each one of us are out there on the line in our own certain way. Miss Vanessa, with her church, the work that you and Les and Jerome are, are doing as well, and other contributors on the show. So we we all see this as, you know, you've got finite situations and you got infinite situations, and you know the difference being is that the finite is is almost like athletics. If you got two football teams playing against one another, there we understand that there is rules that's going to bring the game to an end. But the the infinite of this this starts uh, really from a biblical perspective. You know, when I was out there, you know, touring the country and internationally talking about games. I wanted to find out where where it all originated, and and what I, what I'm going to share with you all is is Second Kings, um, and, and and a great um, apostle uh, Elisha. Okay, and when I when I was researching the history, this is really the first time where you see young men challenge the authority of older men, and I think in, in our multi generational culture where you have the traditionalists, the baby boomers, 
the Gen X's, the millennials, and, and Gen Z's, you have a distinct difference in how people think and how they value. So in Second in, in Kings, what, what ends up happening is that, you know, Elijah is, is on his way to Bethel. And, and as he's traveling, you have these young men who basically challenged him and started talking about go up ball head, go up ball head, which was really disrespectful in, in that time. So to challenge a, a man uh, with, with these young men, the, the, the biblical story goes on to say, the biblical truth goes on to say that two, two female bears came out and mauled the at least 42 of the young men. Now, it was more of them, but that was the first time that I could really equate youth congregating to cause disruption in, in, in unison. So it goes back that far, and then, of course, it's just transcended over the years. America is fascinated by by, by violence. America is fascinated by criminals and gangsters because we glorify them. You know, I, I oftentimes tell people, you know, you can probably uh, tell me more about Al Capone than you can about John Adams and some of the individuals who have been influential in a more positive way. So what we have is is the epidemic, and, and right now we're dealing with the residuals of it. You know, uh, the segment started off, Jay, really where you played that, that information about mental health. And, and hopefully in this short, brief time, we'll be able to touch on some of the, the dynamics of it. You know, um, quantitatively, yeah, we could throw out, you know, the data. And certainly since, you know, George Floyd, the pandemic, you know, youth violence and, and shooting one another has, has increased. Now, of course, statistically, you can look across the United States, and most agencies are saying that crime is is on a downtrend. And you know, statistically, yeah, they would they would most likely be right. But now, what we're dealing with is just simple day to day facts, day to day data. Uh, there there's a a research a research uh, source, Pew Center, that keeps data, and they talked mm-hmm. about since 2019 2019 2021, uh, 18 year old as far as Death by gun has gone up 50%. So that in and of itself, man, is is the state of where we're at. Uh, there's a lot of contributing factors to that, as as you know. So that's where I want us to be. And then also I want to kind of talk about, you know, what is it that we're doing within our local community. And uh, as, as you have allowed, as, as you have allowed a couple of good brothers who who will be on to talk about some of the things that we're doing. So. Yeah, so that that's yeah. pretty much you know shaping where we at, Jay. So again, we we can start the dialogue uh, with this brief uh, segment. Yeah, 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 and I agree with that. They're coming up. We're gonna. And he's referring to uh, Robert Sanders. He's the founder of uh, the Brotherhood a- ASU Basketball. Make sure I'm saying that correctly. Uh, and um, and Jason Bowens. He's an executive. Uh, he's an executive member. So we're gonna talk to those two brothers here coming up in the short short. But let's open up the discussion in the next five to ten minutes um, uh, about what, what we talked about. Now, Mr. Elliott, as you know, we come from a place where that's, that happens too often. You know, we saw it growing up. Uh, and so, so when we talk about, you know, violence, and especially when it comes to young brothers uh, killing young brothers, I've always said this on this show. You know, the Klan, you know, we're putting the Klan in retirement. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're doing the job for them. You know, uh, well, you know, I'm going to shoot you because you're on my block or, 
are it's just amazing to me how there's no regard for human life. And I'm not saying that, you know, for all you folks that's out there that's going to start talking this crap about, you know, white people, yeah, I get all that. I understand that. But, you know, I want to focus on our people for a minute because, once again, we have to be the voice, in my opinion at least, we have to be a voice to be able to say, to reach out to these troubled youth and say, look, man, there's a different way of handling your business, you know. I mean, think about this when you, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. I watched a show the other day where this guy and his father, his father went to kill somebody over drugs. He took his son with him. I mean, what are we doing? So, Mr. Elias, man, give me your thoughts on this, man. It's just, just in general, uh, uh, you know, the state of, of, you know, youth violence, but especially in our community. Well, I um, personally, I get out and I mentor to some of the youth, and I'm I'm trying to teach them as a better way. But you know, it all starts with education, man. You know, and 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 it's it's done intentionally the dumbing down of America. I've been saying this for the longest. We don't put quality school. We we like Tupac said, we got money for wars, but we can't feed the poor. Look, man, we need to smarten America up. And, and, and it starts with education, you know. And, and the bottom line is some of the youth that I talk to, they don't see a way out. All, the, all, the, all they see is that this, um, this, these, these drugs is fast money. But I always tell them that the, the fast money leads to two things, and that's death and penitentiary. You know, how many drug dealers that, that you know that have, have moved on and, and made a success of themselves? You know, whereas they say, oh, I'm done dealing drugs, I'm going to become this. A lot of drug dealers, you know, they don't, they, it, it's, not a, it's, not a good, it's not a good deal. And, and a lot of it comes with, you know, I'm, I'm just, this, is my, this is my neighborhood, I'm going to protect it. Well, you can protect your neighborhood all you want to, but I, I'm, 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 a, I'm here to tell you, you know, you can protect your neighborhood in the penitentiary too. So... You know, like I said, education is the key to it. A lot of people don't believe that, but I am a firm believer that if you educate your people and you got your people smart enough to understand what's going on, they'll do better. So you know better, you'll do better. Right. Well, well, let, let me ask you a point. Vanessa, you know, once again, we're, we're trying to have a conversation about uh, the importance of reaching out to, to troubled youth and, trying to bring them back on the straight and narrow. And I know, you know, and kudos to Mr. Elias for what he's doing. Uh, and I know, you know, I've participated in certain things. And, you know, and like like Johnny B mentioned, you know, the fact that you are in church, the things that you do, that I'm pretty sure your church has an outreach program for the community. You want to speak on that? You know, I, I want to speak on um, our church, what they do for the community is, they have um, daycare, and they have um, schooling for, I guess, the mothers that are not married or don't have mm-hmm. any help or any assistance. So right. they have a program where the government steps in and helps them with that. So that, mm-hmm. that takes some of the burden off of the, off the mother or off the okay. parent. And if the if okay. the burden is off of the parents or the mother, then guess what? That means the daddy ain't got to go out there and sell drugs and sell weed and do stuff in order to get on the street. So I am not in the world of black on black crime 
or being able to money overseas to an organization. But you know what? For me personally, even praying for the country is contributing to something. And then mm-hmm. I have a niece who is kind of wild and out there in the street. I'm trying to preach to her and hopefully she can preach to the ones that she's with. When my sister has family gatherings, a couple of the family members are out there doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing, selling and cavorting on the street. So that's me and my sister's opportunity and my husband to be able to preach to them and say, you know what, it's more than selling drugs and doing all that stuff on the street. You need to get out and vote. You need to get a job. There's no excuse for not saying you can't find a job right now. So the only thing we can do on our side, because we're not really in that world, is preach to those that we can preach to. And so that is helping. Right. You know, Jerome, I, you know, a lot of times we, we get a lot of messages, and I know we're running just a little bit over, but I want to make sure I get Jerome's comments before we I get a lot of comments about things that you and I say, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. But what, but what I hear a lot from people when it comes to you is, is that people look at you as a positive influence. People look at you when I call you the smartest man in the world. A lot of people say that's a true moniker for this cat because this is, this is a well-educated guy. And the fact that he's a positive influence and he's always speaking, you know, positive things about our people, man. Just give me your thoughts on this real quick before we go to break. You know, I'll, I'll be really short about this because, you know, um, I never really feel like when we have problems inside of the community that it's, it's um, one of those things that you can talk about with a quick soundbite or figure out a way um, around it. There are, there are conflicts, and people don't deal with conflict resolution well. It's not, um, them, it's not people not being educated. People who are in the poorest communities in this country are probably some of the smartest people in this country. So it's not that and it's not necessarily a poverty issue it is conflict and how we deal with each other is kind of um, reflective on how we turn self-hate um turn to self-hate from oppression and so when i'm when i'm talking to folks especially youth the issue is and i hear this a lot is that everybody's reacting most of the time right so it's how you're right. handling, how you're being oppressed and what's going on in your life, what's going on in your family life. It's very rarely about people just hating somebody and they're just going to do that. It's like somebody looked at my girl funny, did this, my cousin said, it's mess. And so the only way to really get around, like, handling our conflicts and handling mess is to actually vest in our youth and have a lot more interaction. You know, people mimic what adults do and so those adults that's around them have to watch their stature around young people because they're watching you so it's not really an easy um, conversation at all and that like I said I'll be short but it's not an easy conversation because it's a reflective thing and remember nobody external to the community is going to help this because you know just like you know it's porn to to white folks where black folks are crying or they're singing and dancing, and that's it. There can't be thinkers. There can't be anything else going on. So the images that they see are reflective to what they think their opportunities are, and it makes people, you know, go the extra mile. So it, this is our right. subject for me, so I'll, I'll end on that. But well, it's really good, difficult. Man. 
It is a, it, it is difficult. It really and truly is. But I'm glad. Listen, man, I think that uh, at the end of the day, uh, we all have a vested interest in making sure that uh, the next generation is doing the right thing. All right, we're going to step out and take a break. Coming up next, we're going to talk to one of the brothers who's out there on the front lines that's trying to do the right thing. We'll talk to Robert Saunders next. You're listening to The Serious Side, 347-850-1272. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere on a beautiful Sunday morning. Once upon a time, in a place called Mzansi, the people love driving cars everywhere. They use lots and lots of electricity and chop down many trees for firewood. And then a very strange thing happened. The weather began to change. In some places there were droughts where before there was rain. In other places, the rivers flooded. The grown-ups realized they were contributing to the strange weather. They discovered if they used clean energy and less electricity, they could save Mzansi for their children. How the story unfolds is up to each and every one of us. Switch off, recycle, change. Help save tomorrow, today.
Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. It is 42 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious Sound right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. Of course, I'm Jay Rob. Thank you for spending a portion of your Vanessa, how are you? Good morning, what, Vanessa. What, what, how are what, you? I'm, I'm sorry. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's first Sunday, so forgive me. Good morning. Good Have morning a great week, you. folks. Good morning to you. We're all in our places with bright, smiling faces. Thank That's you. right. Smartest man in the world. Freeze in the house as well. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? Oh, there he is. Yes, okay. sir. Right. Good morning. Yes. Hey, good morning. John D is in the place to be. Good morning, John. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. I am blessed and really excited about being here. Um, yeah, just re- really excited about being here. So thank you. Well, you know what? Since you're excited, I'm okay, excited. We'll say what's happening. To all the people out there, I want to say what's up to the folks in the chat room. We also want to say what's happening to the people who are following us and listening to us, and uh, on social media and on different websites. Uh, but we, you know, before the break, we were talking about you know youth violence. We were talking about you know we threw some numbers out there. And we we talked about some of the things that people that are part of this show are trying to do to turn things around in their prospective communities. But we're going to have a conversation with a young man. Uh, that's actually out there on the front lines just doing the right thing. Let's say good morning to Mr. Robert Saunders. And, Rob, I want to make sure I'm saying your name right now. You go by the name of what, R.J.? Is that, you go by R.J.? Is that, should we call you R.J. moving forward, sir? Yes, sir, that's wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. So welcome into the show, man. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do. Uh, We wanted to talk to you uh, about the impact that you're making or troubled youth, because, you know, we all know the numbers. We can sit here and have a conversation about all the negative things, but we want to focus on the positive. What can we do as individuals to turn some of these wayward lives around? So talk to us about what you're doing, man, and, and, uh, and yeah, let's talk to us about what you're doing, man, and, and how you're, you know, contributing to getting some of these troubled youth off the street. Yes, sir. Um, so I have an organization called Brotherhood. Uh, it's a basketball organization that I started. Uh, going on our fifth year coming up this year coming up um, and I started off with uh, kids I had in eighth grade um, we kind of lived with another organization so we had to kind of dismantle from there and I started uh, Brotherhood organization and I had them kids in ninth grade going to 12th grade now they are sophomores in college now so now uh, going into now this season where we have five teams uh, coming up and so it's more we're trying to keep the kids off the street, just how to have something positive in their lives to do. So understand from well, where I'm from, Durham, North Carolina, there's a lot of violence here, right? So my biggest thing is just try to, hey, if you want to go to college and you want to do something besides being in the street, they here come to this program. If we, if even if they don't want to play basketball, I still help them out, try to find other ways so they can go do other things that they want to see themselves to see. So. Like I said, basketball brings us together, but at the same time, we also teach, like, education. We also teach how to be young men growing up. You understand? It's just how to keep the 
keep the negativity out there, out there, uh, out the way it's for. Them. Um, so just keep positive. Most of my biggest thing for them to be, you know, just like say, hey, I rather, I rather them stay out of the streets. Hey, let's go in the gym, or let's go on the football field, or let's go, let's go to the movies, or let's go take a trip somewhere. That's my biggest thing for me. Wow, that's that's good stuff. So now that guy, uh, that man, that big black man, that big old black man to hang out with, <laughs> Mr. Johnny D, man, talk to me, Mr. man, Knock about up. how you hooked up with that guy. And because uh, that's yeah, my little brother, man, I love him to death, man. Talk to me about the impact that he has had on the program. And John, you know, obviously you can jump in here at any given time. Yeah, yeah listen. So me and Mr. Johnny Hawkins, we have battles. So I've been knowing Johnny for two years. We coach both of us coach at Oak Grove Recreational League for the youth. Another positive thing we always do. Um, so I got in contact with him like last year. We had a battle. This year, I asked him to hey, uh, I asked about his son James. I said, hey, man, I love to have Jalen come to the program, like how you play. Hey, can you bring him along? So eventually we ended up there talking like, hey, I asked him, hey, man, you like the coach? He said, yeah, I'll come to the program. And so from there we've been building our relationship. We're talking on a consistent basis. This year, Mr. Johnny is coach. He's going to be the head coach of our fall basketball season. So, hey, he's stepping up in a big way to help me out, help the organization out. So I uh, love the guy to death. So uh, that's how I really got confidence. So I've been over two years, so that's how I got in contact with Johnny and see basketball. Ah, yeah. Job, All man. right. So, 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 so now is my turn, Jay. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say this here. You know what? Like I say, this, uh, you know, RJ is being real humble. Um, he is, he is a youth director of of a major program here within the community, and also mm-hmm. serves as a head football coach for one of the middle schools. Uh, this, this. This culture that he has created, man, you know, as as, as he indicated, me, he and I met two years ago. Uh, you know, like I said, when I retired and I, and I joined the sheriff's office, um, one of the things that I wanted to, to do was humanize the badge and get more involved with the community. So I was fortunate enough that the sheriff allowed me to start a basketball team. So mm-hmm. I joined um, the, the association. And we had some success. Matter of fact, we had so much success that we won the championship in my first year coaching. So uh, that, that that's what Brother RJ is referring to. Absolutely. So, you know, with, with, with that being said, they really wrapped their arms around me, man, and embraced me because I didn't know what to expect. You know, when you look at, you know, the, the, the impact of, you know, um, the George Floyd uh, verdict, there was some reconciliation that law enforcement had to do with the community. So when these guys wrapped their arms around me, and and Jason Bowens is another gentleman, he couldn't make the call because he's traveling, but he's also instrumental in the brotherhood. Uh, These guys wrapped their arms around me along with with some other ones, Commissioner Kelly and, you know, Commissioner uh, Rowe, and all of those, those, those individuals brought me into the family. So in essence, we've been competing. But what he, what he has done, man, it was it was some young men that he had been coaching since the eighth grade. Some of them have gone on to play college basketball. They still come back, help out with the program. And the thing that I love about the guy, man, is the fact that he is he's a millennial. So he is he's the same <laughs> age as my oldest daughter, but yet he's astute in regards to where we are as a community and where we need to be. You know, so he he oftentimes oftentimes you know uh, he 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 comes he uses his resources in order to make sure that these young men 
have opportunities. And, you know, part of what I want to do is be more included in, in the brotherhood. But what that does mean, what that does to me is say that, you know what, this is a guy, this is an organization, association, man, that's been advantageous to the community. So let, 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 me, let me say this here. Uh, part of what, what, what uh, I've heard so far on the show, and, and let me unpack some of the things, and, and this is what the Brotherhood really encompasses. Um, Jay, when you started off, you started talking about the show 48 Hours and, and how uh, you, you saw where fathers was bringing young men, uh, their sons, to, to criminal acts. That, fam- that family structure is, is desperately needed. And, you know, as, as a community, we started seeing the division within our community uh, probably in the 60s uh, when America specifically and surgically started dividing the African-American household. So we had an issue there. And then, of course, Les talked about hope, you know, uh, taking away hope. Miss um, Vanessa talked about church and, and the church meeting individuals where they at. And, of course, Jerome talked about, you know, uh, the self-image. So that's that Willie Lynch syndrome. So we, we really talked about a lot of different things that the brotherhood encompasses. And like I say, I love the guy, man. I'm appreciative of him allowing me to be part of it. And like I say, he's he's been real humble uh, in regards to his his contributions within the community, and I just wanted to highlight it. He he's a, he's a, a former college athlete himself, so when he talks to these guys about what it is that it's going to take to get to that next level, he's not just talking about what he doesn't know. He's talking about the commitment and the dedication and the grind that it's going to take, and sometimes that's what they they, they lack. A person who has already been in a successful place where they're trying to get to. So again, like I, said, I applaud the young guy, man, for what he does, and I think a lot of him and love him to death, man. So I'll end right there, and, and like I say, RJ, continuously do your thing, man, and 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 just you know, finish out the segment talking about the brotherhood and your work, man. Yes, sir. Uh, so like like Coach said, uh, like said, I mean, I don't. I don't try to boost myself up too much. Uh, try to stay home as much as possible. That's my biggest thing. Like I did play college college football for two years at Livingstone College. Um, so like I said, I try to tell kids, "Hey, this is the work you got to put in. This is how you get here." You know, as I said, these kids are young. They listen to you sometimes. Sometimes they don't. But sometimes they got to learn themselves. But you know, um, the biggest thing, like I said, I do with my resources to help kids out. Uh, we do do scholarships for the kids who parents who don't have it. Right, everybody don't have the money to pay for these uh, programs because it costs a lot of money. So we do have uh, scholarships to help parents who don't have it. Try to uh, just like I said, just give the kids a spirit. And what I mean to say, just just three weeks ago, we just three or four weeks ago, we just got came back from Florida. And just for example, one of the kids he like, Coach, I never been to Florida. I never experienced Florida. I I've been in North Carolina my whole life. So that to me, kind of like wow, like man, that's crazy. You never you know, been out in North Carolina, so him to see their friends and just enjoy them five days with there, I think that was a win-win for me and for the organization itself. And so you don't realize a lot of these kids, you don't understand, like, some of these kids don't have it like everybody else. But, like, now knowing that, it's like, wow. So it blew my mind. But like I told the kid, I mean, I'm like, hey, this is only the beginning. So I understand if you want to take anything serious, basketball, football, this can take you where in life. Even, even education, I ain't even to say sports, even education. If you keep right. grades, the kids keep their grades together, you can go off far as you want to go. You get straight A's, you'll straight A's and you do a job towards it. 
That's going to get you wow. That's going to get you down wherever you want to go in life. You know what I'm saying? That's the same thing I tell my son. I, only got, I got a seven-year-old son, and I tell him, mm-hmm. hey, man, listen, you can run this ball, you can bounce this ball, but that mind right there is going to take you somewhere far. Far away, wow. wherever you want to go. So that's the biggest thing that I big on when it comes to kids. Like, hey, I understand education comes first, sports comes second. Whatever you want to do in life, just give it 100%. And understand what brotherhood is all about, dedication, hard work, and commitment. Those are three things you go by. Because those are the same three things you got to have in life. You've been growing up. Wow, wow. I mean, it sounds like, brother, you are a very positive influence. And, uh, you know, we take our hat off for what you're doing for your community and all the things that you continue to do to try to bring these kids, you know, try to get these kids out of, you know, bad situations that they're in. But, you know, the thing is, so that, that we're running up against time. So so basically what I need you to do for me, and I think what we need to do, and maybe we can get this on the record right now, we, we need you guys to come back. We need to have a longer segment where we can spend damn near the whole show. Maybe we give you a whole hour just to sit down and have this conversation. Because I love what Jerome said earlier, is that, you know, sound bites is not going to get it. You know, so we're going to have to make a more commitment. And if nothing else, if we just give you the platform to be able to come on and talk about these types of things. I'm reading comments now, and I'm trying to pull them up uh, because yeah. people are really loving this conversation that we're having right now. So give us some contact information. How can people get in contact with, you know, give us IG, Facebook, give us all the contact information yeah. so people can stay yeah, locked sir. in so, to what you guys are doing. Yes, sir. So uh, on Facebook, it's Brotherhood AAU Basketball. Uh, for Instagram, it is Brotherhood NC. Uh, and on our Twitter page, it is Brotherhood NC also. Okay. All right. So that's how you can get in contact with them. Uh, boy, I tell you what, this is some good stuff, man. But, man, we are really up against it. So let's do this here real quick. Hold on for a second. Everybody stand, stand fast. Okay. Online radio at its best. All right, folks, we are, man, we're three minutes out. Uh, it's been, man, this has been a great show. We have so many comments that have come in. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to read them because we're up against the, you know, the end of the show. But I want to take a few minutes just to say, man, you know, Robert, thank you for, so much for what you're doing. And I promise everyone that I will read their comments next week. You have to come back next week. I'll read all the comments next week. And we'll get with you, Robert. And Johnny, man, we'll get with you guys, man. Let's see if we can set up uh, some time for you guys to come back. So uh, before we get out of here, we'll get three minutes. Let me ring, kick it around the table real quick. Uh, uh, final thoughts from you, Jerome, man, because like I said, man, wow, we, this is a great, I love this conversation. Any final thoughts from you, Jerome, before we go? Okay, he's here. Mr. Elias, any final thoughts from you before we check out of here? Yeah, I, I tip my hat to the to, to the brother, man, because I understand what it's what it what it's about, and I would uh, definitely like to make a donation to them. So I'll go to his Facebook page and reach out and see how I can make a donation to them. Absolutely, that's good stuff. Uh, Johnny D, man, final thoughts from you, brother, before we turn the lights off. Brother Jay, hey, like I say, man, always love the opportunity to to, to fellowship and break bread. In particular, bring something, man, that, that I've been involved with. And uh, like I say, uh, RJ's been involved with five years. And, Jay, I will see you next month, man, uh, in, in, in the ATL. And, and Les, you ought to come on down with us, man, and hang out some. Hey, man, just give me, give, give me, the, give me the information, man. That number to find play for me. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Jay, Jay I'm, I'm disappointed you hadn't already given it to the last man. Well, I, you know, I, you know, listen, man. Uh, no, you put me on the spot. We'll have that conversation off the air. All right, so listen. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Robert. Once again, man, thank you so much for coming in, man. Thank you for what you do, uh, and we can't wait to get you back on the show to further this conversation because it was a great, great conversation. So, yes, Elias, you know what time it is. If it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure serving you this morning. And now I tell you what, great conversation, just great dialogue. So for Vanessa, for Jerome, for Johnny D, for Robert, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Riles. And have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week in the sky's will. Take care, everybody. Thank you.